cheery listeners, and welcome to another holiday-themed episode of Cracking One Open. Sorry we haven't talked to you in a while, but, you know, we po. And beer's, beer's expensive. expensive. And no one's sending us free beer. <laughs> what a world we live in. I know. God. Anyway, though, we're back this week with a brand new beer. That I am very excited about. Elise is super excited about. Baby, tell them what we're drinking today. All right. Well, this week we are cracking open Frosted Sugar Cookie, an imperial ale from Southern Tier Brewing Company, which is primarily located in Lakewood, New York. Um, And then they have multiple tap rooms out of state as well. The original location in Lakewood was opened back in 2003. One founders, uh, Phineas Demink, Sarah Demink, and Alan Skip Yan had the vision of reviving small batch brewing to a region rich in brewing tradition. With equipment from Old Saddleback Brewing Company in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, Southern Tier Brewing Company began production in the woods just outside Lakewood, New York. On April 7th, 2003, Southern Tier held its grand opening with the original lineup IPA, Pilsner, Mild, and Porter, and began to distribute small batch ales locally. As one of the pioneers of the dessert stout, Southern Tier launched the Blackwater Series Imperial Stout line in 2004 with bold, decadent flavors. And this would open up the door for innovative new stout segments over the years, like pastry stouts. I believe they're called bold, decadent flavors. Then in 2009, Southern Tier added a 20,000 square foot building to their property to keep up with the rapidly growing demand nationally and internationally. The new building included 800 barrels of fermentation vessels, new 20 barrel and 50 barrel systems, a 7,500 square foot conditioning room and the most high tech state of the art bottling line of its size in North America, bottling 10,000 bottles per hour at full speed. God damn. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of bottles. Then in autumn of 2013, they continued expanding their campus, adding a 45,000 square foot warehouse and distribution center. How much property do they I own? Was, that was literally, look, <laughs> side note, how Don't big is this, this plot, plot of land? land. <laughs> <laughs> and then in 2017, I'm glad we're on the same page here. Like how much... How much room are they working with? Like, yeah, they already had a building and then they just owned several acres or something. At as least. Well. I didn't look up Lakewood, New York. I think we've done the math and Southern Tier is like like upstate New York. Yeah, so it's pretty they, far away. They it's, must it's have a, had. It's yeah. a hall. Which yeah, is it's, it's not a day down. trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, in 2017, Southern Tier's first satellite tap room opened in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And in 2018, they opened another satellite tap room in Cleveland, Ohio. And did I forget to mention that they also opened a distillery? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's located just down the road from their Lakewood location in October 2015. Oh, so they didn't the- have enough room to build that distillery on their property? <laughs> I guess They finally not. ran out of room? Yeah. <laughs> But it must be a pretty uh, quiet area if they were able to get enough land like just down the road. True. uh, So, yeah, in 20 October 2015, Southern Tea was granted their New York State Farm Distillers license and committed to being a farm to glass distillery. Almost 90 percent of what goes in their products comes from local farms. Ah, 
And the distillery does a lot too. Vodka, gin, rye whiskey, smoked bourbon whiskey, and American whiskey, not to mention all the different flavor iterations of each one, including pumpkin whiskey, s'mores whiskey, cinnamon candy apple whiskey, hotter cocoa whiskey, confetti cake whiskey, peanut butter cup whiskey, creme brulee cream liqueur, the king abides cream liqueur, as well as vodka sodas in a pretty impressive array of different flavor combinations. That's nuts. Yeah. Although the flavored whiskeys suddenly I feel like once you flavor your whiskey, it shouldn't be considered whiskey anymore. Mm. I'm not a huge fan of the flavored whiskeys. I think they end up being way too sweet usually, but I have always yeah. been on the hunt for the pumpkin. That's the thing. I that w- being said, I would I'm be still a, basic a thousand percent <laughs> down to, I, I would buy pumpkin whiskey in a heartbeat. Yep. Um, and I would love to try the confetti cake whiskey because I don't know if I would commit to a whole bottle. Uh, I think that would be too sweet, but I love me some confetti cake. Oh, Confetti cake's awesome, but yeah, that just sounds gross in a bottle. Although the hotter chocolate whiskey is intriguing. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then there's a small part of me that also wonders what the cinnamon candy apple whiskey would be like. Uh, Haven't we had apple whiskey before? We have had apple whiskey. Um, Jack. Oh, yeah, apple jack whiskey or something like that. They did Well, their, their winter whiskey was like an apple cider thing. Yeah, I remember it being... Too sweet. Yeah. But actually it's having o- an apple It's okay taste. for like shots, like a shot, but yeah. it's not like, yeah. Mm. Um, the King Abides cream liqueur. I like, I like that. <laughs> okay. So then one more thing before we get down to the beer. Southern Tier also has a quality lab on site where the scientists work alongside the other departments to handle everything to do with fermentation, packaging, laboratory yeast management, and sensory studies for each brew. And if you go to their website, um, stbcbeer.com, they actually have a video explaining the process that they go through. And it is very interesting. I recommend watching it if you're interested in this kind of stuff. When we did the off tasting, wasn't that brought to us by like one of the people that worked for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So their lab techs are re- trained to recognize up to 22 off flavors uh, or aromas in beer, some down to the parts per billion. Which, like, I didn't know the human nose was physically capable of detecting any scent in parts per billion. They made this comparison. One part per billion is essentially one second over the span of 32 years. Or one single silver dollar if a roll of them stretched from Detroit to Salt Lake City. That crazy. That's insane. But yeah, so um, they go really in-depth with their quality control for everything from keeping their house yeast going to the fill levels to canning and bottling. Um, they are all about quality and consistency. And I I mean, it makes sense because we have literally never had a bad beer from Southern Tier. Yeah, Southern Tier is probably, uh, and don't take this the wrong way, other breweries, probably one of the best breweries we've ever had beer from. Yep. Consistently fantastic beer. The pumpkin consistently wins at pumpkin beer and or ties with Rosemary's Baby. And, I was going to say. <laughs> and the two Xmas, I'm pretty sure won our Christmas six pack series a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And not only that, like there, there's been plenty of others there. 
Oh, yeah, that have blown us away, yeah. Their regular IPA, the Harvest Autumn IPA that we had, I think, one or two years ago was one of the best fall beers mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that, wa- mm-hmm. that was not a pumpkin beer. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, I'm always excited to, to try something new from them, which is why when I saw this like Instagram post about frosted sugar cookie. I can't remember. It must've been two years ago (laughs) because I think I looked for it last year and I couldn't find it. Yeah. So I'm really excited to have finally found it. So this week we are cracking open frosted sugar cookie, which as I mentioned at the top is an Imperial ale and it clocks in at a whopping 8.6% ABV. Which Eat I did some not food expect. beforehand. <laughs> so Frosted Sugar Cookie has an IBU rating of 10, which is right in line with your typical lager, Weizen, or Wit beer, but it's still relatively low f- even for an ale. So I am very intrigued how an imperial ale can not be super bitter, be like so mellow. Yeah. All the sugar. <laughs> so it was produced with two roll pale. Two-row pale malt and flaked oat malt, as well as Columbus hops, lactose, and natural vanilla flavor. Mm, flaked oats. <laughs> I know. So Southern Tier says it has, quote, a soft, creamy mouthfeel with notes of fresh butter, vanilla, and sweet sugar. End quote. Um, End quote. <laughs> so we've talked about Columbus hops before, and what's interesting is that their exact lineage is unknown. Uh, Columbus hops are technically the same as tomahawk hops and very similar to Zeus. In fact, the hops are also commonly referred to as CTZ, which stands for Columbus Tomahawk Zeus. There's no actual difference between Columbus and tomahawk aside from its name. It is genetically the same hop, just registered to two different companies. And there was actually a legal dispute about it, about who got to patent the hop. And the companies just settled the dispute by having two different names. Hmm. So Columbus hops have a punchy hoppiness and deep earthy aroma with understated citrus notes. It's perfect as a dual hop, dual purpose hop. Um, They're most often used late in the boil when it's super fresh and they have an herbal flavor with a lemon citrus kind of back note. They're used in an interesting uh, wide range of beers from Imperial Red or Imperial Brown to barley wines, stouts, American ales, lagers, and IPAs. I say we've had a bunch of IPAs that use have Columbus. Up yeah. In. So I'm interested to see why this is used in everything. Yeah. Especially an ale that is supposed to lend itself to being mellow. Yeah. Sweet. So, unfortunately, there were no food pairings for this one. I could have sworn that Southern Tier usually did food pairings. Yeah, I think they did. I'm, Although, I don't know if Pumpkin usually does the food pairings, but yeah. No, but I could have sworn that Southern Tier and Trogues were like the two breweries that we ones. tend to yeah get food pairings from. But I did find another beer that I will now be on the hunt for, my new goal. Um, just like when we discovered 2Xmas and I discovered... Back then that this beer existed, I have now discovered while researching this beer, the Frosted Sugar Cookie, that they now also make a French toast imperial ale. Ooh. So that'll be next on my list. Maybe I'll find it next Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's what I got. You know what else you got? Mm -hmm. A couple beers in the fridge ready to go. And a couple glasses in the freezer ready to go. We know we're not supposed to do it, but we did it because it seemed frosty and Christmassy. Yeah. So 
deal with it. it. All right. Need to crack these bad boys open. Yes. Long time coming. Can you do it successfully, though? Me, no. I'm counting on you for that crack. Oh, God. I already opened one and done. How long will I watch? Oh, she did it. Second try. Well, yes, that's sweet. I'm so excited. All right, let's clink the glasses because it's always better. The the bottles, you mean? Yeah. (gasps) Nope. 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 There we go. Yeah, that's about the color I expected. Yep. That is spot on what I expected as well. Best by December 26th, 2023. I didn't I don't know if we're gonna be able to age it that long. Mm. We'll see. It's like a dark gold golden yellow, yeah. Slightly opaque. A lot of bubbles. These are bubbles. Lots of bubbles. Very cold. Mm. Cheers. Cheers again. It's very mellow. Whoa. Very sweet. But it finishes slightly bitter. I still get hops at the end. A little bit, yeah. Very vanilla. Very vanilla. Cookie-ish. I, yeah, and I can surprisingly get that butter right off the top as well. Like that yeah, they were it's like a butter about. cookie, yeah. And it's got a very interesting mouthfeel. It's got like a smooth mouthfeel. I wonder if that, that's got to ha- have to do with the lactose. And yep. speaking of lactose, I'm surprised that it is still such a clear beer for having lactose in it. That does, doesn't that usually make it hazy? Usually, I think it probably depends on how much lactose they put into it. Yeah. And if they filtered or not. Mm. It's almost cream soda-y in a way. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. That is pretty spot on. A s- extremely alcoholic cream soda. <laughs> yeah. A little sweeter than I would normally like a cream soda. Yeah, this would be like more on the Jones soda. Yeah, (laughs) Jones is like a slightly local, I think they're local soda company. Yeah, I think they're Northeast based, yeah. Yeah, like New York or something. Mm -hmm. We have Fox and Park in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Like all those local sodas that are like pretty sweet. Yeah. Like this is closer to those. It's not quite as sickeningly sweet, but it is pretty sweet. Like- I like this flavor. I'm going to drink this. But I wouldn't go for a second. I don't know if I could do a second in a... Hey, it's 8.6 also. <laughs> that, yes, that's um, also... But yeah, I don't think I could go for a second one within a sitting just because of how sweet it is. Mm-hmm. It does like... It's perfect for the holidays though. Yeah. Because it does kind of a dessert think of the holidays a little bit. This would not be a year-round kind of beer. Mm. I don't know. Not for me at least. The smoothness also does kind of give me that frosting kind of feel to it too. It's like the mm-hmm. frosted sugar yeah, it's like part. The, it's like buttercream almost. I wonder if that's almost. what the lactose is supposed to give you that frosting in your mouth kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. That is pretty, pretty spot on. Got a nice maltiness to it too. Got your, your favorite flaked oats. I do love when they do flaked oats. I definitely can tell. I'm so attuned to the flaked oats. I'm like, you are. (laughs) Love it. I wonder, though, if I had left that out of my notes, if you had if you would pick up on it. I think I would have picked up on the the maltiness of it. Mm -hmm. I might not have known it was flaked oats, but I would have been like, it's got a really nice maltiness to it. Mm -hmm. It's really good. It's really nice. Like I say, it's really sweet. And it is well balanced. Yeah, like I'm I'm close to finishing it. So like. (laughs) Normally when a beer is too sweet, I'll like sip on it for the episode and mm-hmm. 
you know, it won't really go down. So this is really sweet, but in a really good way, or yeah. at least a way that speaks to me where it's like. I think the carbonation and the bitterness at the end is the perfect way to make it drinkable yeah. and accessible. And that little bit of lactose, even though lactose is sweet, mm-hmm. along with the rest of the beer, maybe helps as well. That smoothness. Yeah. If it wasn't smooth, but sweet without that smoothness, it might not have been as good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is phenomenal. A little sweet. As expected. <laughs> but still really, really good. I don't think this beats 2Xmas, though. No, no. Not for me, anyway. But you know what's weird is, does is, and I think I said it when we drank 2Xmas in the six-pack series, mm-hmm. 2Xmas has a bit of a root beery flavor. I do vaguely remember you saying that, yeah. And I'm really, really hoping that the 2Xmas that we have stashed from last year is still good. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is really good. The bottle is pretty typical for your southern tier. Yep. Um, again, it's a glass bottle. You just have a sticker on one side of it. On the left, you've got the southern tier logo, which is a circle, southern tier brewing co, like a a wreath of wheat or hops, and then like a hop on the top, and then in a circle, you've got the farmland kind of stalk and a, a like a farmhouse ale kind of glass in the in the center of that logo. On the top, you have a little banner. This is limited. All Southern tiers are kind of half or like one quarter black on the top, a black mm-hmm. banner, and then just whatever color on the bottom. So this so is a just a quick note. Um, now that you mentioned that it has that limited uh, kind of sticker on the top, uh, this is technically not on their website anymore. So I'm wondering if it's already come and gone. They released it, what they could. Yeah. So find had, it in the shops while you can. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the bottom half for this or bottom three quarters is a little like a faded red with little sugar cookie cutouts of like snowflakes and trees and mistletoe and gingerbread guys and presents. And then the logo is like frosted sugar cookie. It's like frosted's a different font. Sugar's a different font. Cookie's a different font. Mm-hmm. Very much like you'd see with like. It looks like it was cereal boxes or yeah. like Frosty, Frosty the Snowman it's cartoons. It's very cartoony. Yep. Something I would almost expect to see like if it was a handwritten. Yeah. Definitely has a handwritten feel to it. It's like sparkly and, and snowy. Mm-hmm. And then the bottom says Imperial Ale. And then you've got those sugar cookie cutouts in color on the side of a snowman, snowflake, Christmas tree, and a present. Um, and they're just the same shapes as what's in the background, but brought forward scaled up and, and colored in and then you got your government warning your releases on the top half you've got 8.6 alcohol by volume like i said the best buy date which they don't hide i like that when they put it on the label like right there for you yeah they ain't hide nothing stbcbeer.com is their website brewed and bottled by southern tier brewing company lakewood new york usa and that's it easy simple to the point. Southern Tier doesn't need any flashiness. Nope. They make You see the, the label, you know it's going to be good. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Like if we're ever in upstate New York for whatever reason, like this has to be a stop that we make. Absolutely. Southern Tier is the shiz. If we had more money. <laughs> take a weekend we'll Take like there. a weekend yeah. just to go to SBC or SBC, yeah. Just to go to Southern <laughs> Tier Brewing Company. So, yeah, I mean, this is another winner from Southern Tier. I'm not surprised. It's just vanilla, lactose, 
Let me take you on the flavor journey, actually. Let's see what I can get okay. as it goes. Bitter at the beginning, just a tsh, a bitter, and then boom, lactose sweet, vanilla, and then, ooh, look at all that malt, which gives you an extra different sweetness in that lactose does at the yeah, very beginning. It kind of, like, it goes from vanilla sweet to malt sweet, which then transitions into the bitterness of the hops. Like, it's a, such a smooth transition. See, I think it's bitter at the front. Just a bite of bitter at the front. Ah, uh, for me, it's in the back. Back end. Bite of bitter. Lactose vanilla. The malt, which almost gives it that cookie feel. And then I'm not saying I don't get some of the hops at the end. It's like, oh, you just had a beer. Mm -hmm. But I don't pick up on their bitterness. Their inherent bitterness on my tongue bites my tongue right at the start. Like if I held my nose and didn't try to taste it, I would get like, oh, that's a beer. That's a beer. Mm -hmm. Clean mug club. I'm trying to save her mind, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be there soon. Yeah, this beer is mm. just really, really good. Sweet, but it's, delicious. Yeah, it's like simple and to the point. There, it's honestly not that complex, and I don't care. <laughs> no, complex is out. Simple and delicious is in. But yeah, it's exactly 2023, what 2023, we want simple and delicious. delicious. It's, it's really just very, very... On point. Mm -hmm. It is a frosted sugar cookie. It is exactly as described. Yeah. Now, the only thing that could make this better is having that pink frosted sugar cookie from Crumble at the same time. Ooh, Crumble cookies. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything to add, baby? Nah, I'm, I'm just working on this mm. beer. So I think, I mean, this episode's going to release on the Friday of this week, which is. The 16th, the next week, it's pretty much like Christmas time. And then boom, we're at the end of the year. So that's pretty crazy. I think the next episode we do is going to be our rankings episode. Probably. Yeah. yeah. So it might be next week. It might be another two weeks before our next episode. And we'll try to get back to being a little bit more consistent within the new year. We'll see. But uh, yeah, so our next episode is going to be the ranking. So we'll have to pick out all our favorite beers. It just yeah. feels like. Just the other day, we were talking about, oh, what are the mug oh, we club gotta, we the empty keep mug track. club beers? Yeah. And we got to keep track of what our favorite ones are. And it's already the end of the year. I just, I feel like it was just yesterday we were beginning this year. Yeah. It's insane. This year absolutely flew by. Yep. I kept saying it at work, like, oh, I can't believe it's this day. It feels like, you know, it was just. You remember the summertime? Yeah. It was just yesterday. Literally. <laughs> Isn't it Halloween? <laughs> So yeah, we'll do our ranking episode. We'll, we'll pick out our, our best. We'll probably do another top 10 and then the uh, rank our number one. We'll probably mm -hmm. do it like last time where we assign points and figure out if we tie or not. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I think this year is going to be very different between the two of us compared to... Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> between the notes that I started taking responsibly <laughs> in the <laughs> beginning of the year and then kind of totally dropped off on it. I'm going to have to catch up, but yeah, I think we're, we're going to have uh, different lists this year. Last year, they kind of really overlapped. Yeah. Way more than I thought, mm -hmm. but I don't think this year we're going to overlap mm -hmm. at all. Interesting. Well, I feel like this year we also had a better selection of beers 
partially probably because I was able to go to multiple different liquor stores on a consistent basis. Like the, the beers that I was able to get down here on the shoreline were different than what I was able to get up in Hartford, which also, which spanned kind of more of the Northern, Northern country. Yeah. So thanks to my second job, I think we've kind of expanded our tastes for this year. So yeah, join us next week or the week after join us next episode Mm -hmm. for the 2022 best of list. Wrap everything up in a bow. For Christmas. For Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you sh- enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share with your friends, and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackinoneopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackinoneopen. Ooh, maybe not Twitter anymore. I don't know. I mean, we never really did anything on Twitter anyway. No. (laughs) (laughs) Don't follow us on Twitter. (laughs) Or shoot us an email at crackandwhenopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we always want to hear from you. Yes, we do. (laughs) And we also like free beer if you're a brewery that wants to send us a free beer. Hey, Southern uh, Tier, um, my, my lady wants... Uh, some of that other beer that she was talking mm, about. The French toast. The French toast. So, I mean, I mean, we'll do an episode on it. Just, you know. We got you. Send us a six pack. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I believe they come in four packs oh, when it's unlimited. Sorry, send us a four pack. You know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got to plug? I've got Forgotten Cinema, a podcast I do with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own forgotten gem. Visit us on ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com because we are all part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. While you're there, check out all the other great podcasts and video stuff we got for you there. And uh, buy my audiobooks, Michael Butler on uh, The Audible's. Uh, yeah, if uh, you don't buy those books, I don't make money. Uh, I got, I got no other income coming in right now. Uh, you gotta, you gotta do that. You gotta do that. Um, or if you need other voice work, you can find me on Fiverr as well. And bye. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well then a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment Family. I swear I talk more in the episodes. Attention, culture consumers. Join me, the Queen of Queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family.